This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Our icebergs are full of conditional beliefs. Question them. Try something different. An action-oriented self-help book for those looking to seriously boost their motivation, happiness, success, or resilience. The brain is a magnificent thing. Unfortunately, it didn't come with any instructions. This book provides an easy-to-understand explanation of how our brains work when it comes to personal motivation, success, happiness, and resilience. So, if you want to know why some people jump the queue when it comes to job promotion, or why others are just, well, happier than you are, this quick and easy read will tell you all you need to know. The book takes complex theories like those pioneered by neuro-linguistic programming, NLP movement, and puts them into plain English to provide a fascinating insight into how our environment, beliefs, and values impact our state of mind. It goes on to show how our thoughts affect our behavior and how that, in turn, can affect everything from our close relationships to our career prospects. Complete with a series of simple but effective exercises to start you on a path to greater success and contentment, this self-help book is a must-read for anyone who wants to change their life for the better but doesn't know where to begin. Valeria Tellez interviews Gavin Aubrey, the author of Which Way Do You Eat Your Banana? A Guide to Motivation, Happiness, Success, and Resilience. Gavin has trained and coached over 10,000 people from New York to Kazakhstan, London to Sydney. Having spent all of that time with so many people in so many different situations, he has picked up many clues into what makes us tick. These are his guides on management and personal development. All the guides are easy to use and apply and read in around an hour. Meet Gavin at gavinaubrey.co.uk. Here is the interview with Gavin Aubrey. In your own words, who is Gavin Aubrey? Wow, that's a big question to start off with. Um, <laughs> who am I? Um, I've never been asked that question before. Um, I'm someone who just always try to make a difference I guess which is yeah whatever I do I've always tried to make a difference um I'm not sure how I'd define anything else other than that um um, I'm a 50 year old man um but that's that's not who I am I suppose um I love experience in life I love new ideas new ways of doing things um yeah (laughs) 
Would you call that a purpose, the purpose of your life in a way? I think um, I think probably when I was a bit younger, it was maybe more on, I probably was very competitive. I wanted to achieve things and um, get promotions and get the, the next company car or the next whatever it might be. Um, but as I kind of got older, I just, it kind of, I'm still competitive in different ways, but probably around sports. But um, just, yeah, I guess my purpose in life is just to make a difference, make a contribution to something every day if I can. That sounds a bit wishy-washy, but um, you know, if I do that every day, then then I think I'll be doing all right. So my follow-up question is success. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? <laughs> okay. Can I answer the question by saying why, how I ask that to other people and what they come up with? So um, this is a typical exercise that I do when I'm training people around things, I don't know, like leadership or motivation. I get them as a group of people to list the attributes, the key attributes that make someone successful. And I've done this many hundreds of times. And the answers are always the same. And quite often people debate, well, what do you mean by success? And so I say, well, it could be becoming the chief executive officer or it could be lying on a beach doing nothing. Um, whatever you define, it doesn't matter. And their list is always the same. It's always 80 to 90 percent attitude. So all the items they list down are attitudinal um, attributes and maybe 10 or 20 percent are knowledge or skills. Um, so every, everyone's version of what they say makes someone successful, whatever that success is, which is different to everyone, is around attitude. Um, For me, what, kind of how would I define success? I wouldn't, you know, I mean, I guess the, the trite answer would be being happy, but happiness is just, you know, comes and goes. It's, um, I guess, almost being content with myself, I suppose. I'm getting more and more content as, as maybe I get a bit older. <laughs> maybe, maybe the more I see, the more I, it gives me more perspective in terms of life. For sure. I love that perspective. These are good questions, Valeria. I've, I've never had these kind of questions before. They're great. They make you think. <laughs> yeah, I love your answers too. Yeah, this idea of contentment, inner peace, right? That's something I believe mm. in. Absolutely. Yeah, that is so crucial. And when you say attitude, is that we're speaking about the same thing, Kevin, in a way? That is the perspective, perception, the way we see life, the way we respond to events and circumstances would that be it or something different yeah i guess um so how you deal with the external world i suppose um how your inner being or self copes with all around you um that combined i mean attitudes well i guess there's many ways to look at it but the way i do in the little book i've done is is around your beliefs and the way you feel about things uh, combined together form your attitude um but it's how you deal with the outside world Right. Yeah. Ultimately, our actions yeah, will show. Yeah. I mean, th th things can happen to me and things can happen to you. How we deal with them um, is, I guess, down to our attitudes, I suppose. What about the misconceptions about success? What are some of them that you came across? Um, well, I've, I've worked with a lot of people who you would see as very, very um, successful. Um, so... I coach and I train people, um, have done over the years. And I guess, I mean, 
if your success is defined by um, kind of status, I suppose, then just my observation is that when people get there, quite often they're very happy with what they achieve, but then it's, well, okay, that's all right, but, you know, it doesn't last that long. As in, you know, if you become the chief executive, fine, you've got there. Then when you retire, you're no longer the chief executive. How does it feel? Is it, so it's, um, yeah, so, so, so um, there's, there's nothing wrong with going and achieving great things. That's great. Um, um, I probably have some other stuff alongside it as well, though, because once you get there, you know, it's like getting a new car. You get a new car, and after a while, it's just a car. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it, it kind of soon wears off. It, it's true. usually other stuff which will keep you um, going a lot further and keep you happier or more content, I suppose. Right. That's why it might be the reason why I begin all interviews with this question. Who are you? Who is Gavin? Perhaps that's what it is that I'm looking for. This idea of who you, the person thinks she or he is, because that says everything in a way, everything. If you believe you are the roles you play, then you might be attached to them. Once you lose them, then what is left? That's another question that might come up. What is there? The never chains. So the mind, uh, I think it was chapter, let me see. Yeah, chapter five, you talk about the mind, but you said something that really caught my attention somewhere. It might be, maybe it was the introduction I should have written here. I didn't. You say we have magnificent minds. We just didn't get any instructions. <laughs> True. Yeah. So the, my question is, what is your understanding of the mind as of today? The mind, the brain, what is the mind to you? <laughs> wow. Um, I, <laughs> I'm not sure how to answer that. Um, uh, gosh, I've, I've been reading recently a book by a neuroscientist, which I didn't really understand what he was talking about, but it kind of made sense when I was listening to it. So I'm, I'm not sure I'd be able to technically answer your question from a, 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 a I guess, a neuroscience point of view um, in terms of what is the mind? Um, I don't know about, about yours, but you, you kind of, it's heavily influenced by, by the things that have happened in your life. And you form beliefs about things which you think are true and beliefs that you on some days you could achieve great things and on other days you can barely do anything um and kind of we all have a mixture of lots of good positive beliefs and good and lots of not good negative beliefs but lots of negative beliefs and lots of just run-of-the-mill in between average beliefs um it's just when we access them on good days our mind goes to the right place on bad days it goes to the potentially wrong place which is not helpful so how I describe the mind is just brilliant, but just a complete mush. Just it's just lots of different stuff going on, triggered by external events, which we quite often and more often are not unconscious. Like when you drive a car, you don't really think about how you drive your car. You just drive a car without on very autopilot, unconscious, um, and you just react to the world around you probably quite unconsciously. Um, so the mind is just just a collection of probably everything you've experienced is stored and you have these beliefs you think some things are true but most of the stuff you believe probably isn't true like i don't know how you eat bananas most people eat bananas the wrong way around um, but they believe that's the right way um that's just what they do and they think it's true <laughs> but it's not 
try the banana from the other end. It's much easier and better, and um, and that's the way you're meant to do it. But 95% of people I work with eat their banana from the wrong end. But um, so I guess yeah, our minds are just uh, fascinating things. <laughs> I'm st- I'm still on the journey to discovering mine. It's, no, um, yeah. yeah, it really sounds like a mystery, doesn't it? The the, the mind, the way it functions. I notice the grasp though. It's so easy to lose our attention to something that's silly even. Yeah, get upset sometimes for no reason or to hold on to thoughts that they don't matter really. A lot of things that don't matter, the mind holds on to it. So there's a huge, it's almost like a magnet that holds on to everything. There is though some spiritual teachings have said that, have done a lot of experiments uh, with meditation. They have noticed that there are different components of the mind or the being, or let's say the human being, that's not just thoughts, that's beyond thoughts. And I think you mentioned something like similar to that in your book, Gavin. You said something about that we are not our thoughts, so we are not, oh, you say we are not our beliefs. That's something that we are not. So I'm wondering uh, from your perspective, because the way I have experienced, we are not our thoughts. When you say we are not our beliefs, so who are we in a way? Like what is beyond beliefs or thoughts? That's uh, probably too complicated a question for me to answer. In terms of with reference to the book, it's, it's kind of a, a simple way I describe um, human behavior. Um, that human behavior is the tip of the iceberg. What you see isn't really what's going on. It's deeper down. Um, and deep down, you've got um, things like your beliefs. And um, if I ask a group of people I'm working with, where do they come from? Most people agree you're probably not born with them. You collect them from your friends and your family and your experiences in life. Um, so your iceberg grows with experiences. And you've got good, positive, indifferent, bad, nonsense beliefs. Um, what you tap into and at any given day is slightly above your beliefs or just below the waterline on the iceberg, which is how you feel about things. If you're feeling great, you believe you can do great things. If you're not feeling so great, you believe you can't do a great deal. And when you ask people, well, who controls the way you feel? Because most people would want to feel okay. And this exclu- sorry, this does exclude mental health issues, by the way, which will account for one in four people, either past, um, current or future. But if you ask a group of people who controls the way you feel, they tend to say, well, I do. And then I say, well, if that's true, why don't you feel great all the time? Because when you feel great, you access positive beliefs. Um, and they go, fair enough, good point. And it's usually the environment, external things, which have a direct control on the way you feel. So something happens externally. You react quite unconsciously, so you feel a certain way, which then opens up a belief system, and then that has an impact on you. And then your mind that might ruminate on something or just keep going over and over on something um, is just, I guess, your inner critic or um, your strange being that occupies your head and has this um, contradictory conversation all the time. But it's not really who you are. That's just that's just your it's just your mind playing games with you. 
True. I probably didn't answer your question, Valeria. Sorry, I get distracted quite easily. <laughs> yes, actually, that's being open is really a great thing because the mind has this, uh, the grasp thing, so it repeats yeah a lot. So I actually like when some of my guests say, "What was your question? I don't even remember anymore." <laughs> that's actually a good sign. <laughs> you are in the moment and open. I, yeah, I am always in the moment. I've been coaching all day long as well, so I've I've, I've literally haven't stopped coaching. So. My brain may be just, my mind might be um, slowing down slightly, but I'll, but I'll, yeah, I've got coffee. I should be okay. I know coffee's probably not good for you, but I should be okay. <laughs> so you're speaking about uh, positive feelings. You talk in your book about something that I really loved is the sparkling moments. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Talk to me about that for a moment, Kevin. So, <laughs> so in, in terms of, if your behavior is this iceberg, so if the tip of the iceberg is what people see let's say you're going to a um a difficult meeting or a meeting where you need to influence someone or you're just feeling a bit flat um if you can get your the way you feel to be if i use a scale of one and ten ten being very energized one being not very energized at all if you can get yourself energized before any meeting of importance or if you just want to change your your frame of mind um then that's going to open up positive belief systems in you and it's going to change your impact it's very difficult not to change your impact so if you feel um eight out of ten uh, rather than two out of ten you can have a different impact to someone who's feeling two out of ten so the sparkly moments is something that happens usually by accident so if you've ever had this experience where maybe you're driving your car in florida where you are and a song comes on the radio and takes you back to one of your happy teenage memories of being 16 or 17 years old and it takes you back to this your summer of all summers then whatever mood you're in you're going to be transformed back to that mood so you're you know if you're in an average mood and this this song comes on and takes you back to that that summer of all summers when you're 16 or 17 your mood will change to eight nine ten out of ten and that's a sparkly moment it just happens by accident the environment around your iceberg throws in something into you which changes your mood so that most of the time they happen by accident, but you can induce them quite easily. Uh, and if you get a chance, do this with people, just with a friend. If you're having a drink with them, mm. just get them to talk about a happy holiday. Right. And as they talk about it, you'll see them light up like a Christmas tree mm, because they're talking about happy times. Yeah. If you want to make them a bit grumpy, get them to talk about a bad holiday mm. and you'll see them that their whole body language will shrink. shrink. Mm. So if you want to induce a sparkly moment before you go to a meeting of importance or where you need to be on your best game, I suppose, just close your eyes, usually best in the bathroom because people might judge you slightly weird if you wander around sparkling with your eyes closed. Just go to the bathroom, close your eyes and daydream about the last time you had a brilliant day um, when you fell on top of the world. What are your favorite other days? And it just changes your whole um, iceberg. It changes your whole mood. And uh, uh, therefore, and before you go into the meeting, it's going to change your impact. So it's just, it's just a way of inducing sparkly moments. So before I go to any training session, when I'm running a, a training session with a group of people, I quite often work in London. Um, I have to t travel two hours to get there by train. This is before COVID. Um, and lots of things can happen on the train journey, which can send me into a slightly um, a down mood, I suppose. But before I stand up and deliver... Um, training i need to be in the right frame of mind so i make sure i go to the bathroom before i start and i have a damn good sparkle i i have a sparkly moment and i do some other things just to get my myself energized in the right frame of mind so i can deliver the impact i want to deliver when i'm training people so some simple things you can do by changing your body or just changing your memories 
which will energize your body, which then energizes, uh, sorry, energizes your mind and changes the whole impact. Does that make any sense or am I rambling? I don't know. Sometimes I ramble. No, so true. It makes so much sense to me. And I wonder why we don't do this more often. We don't make it uh, as a practice, <laughs> right? When I train people, I get people to do it. And it's funny because you just see people laughing for no reason. Because if you make somebody else sparkle, it makes you happy as well. So it, mm, it, it's a win-win situation. So, um, so you could just go about it all the time. Just deliberately go make people happy by getting them to talk mm. about happy things. And they'll sparkle. Mm, and it makes you happy as well. I love that, Kevin. What a, a beautiful, <laughs> a beautiful thing to teach yet others. Um, thank you. It's uh, I love this purpose in you. And speaking of purpose in a more uh, grand way, what do you think is the purpose of the human experience to be here in the human body? Oh, that's a deep question. Um, what is the purpose of the human experience? Well, um, I would say probably if there was a creator who looked down and and watched people, it would be you've got to suck every single second out of this life because why not? Because literally, we talked about death early before we started. Um, literally, you don't know when the last one will be. So, um, so yeah, just 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 take every moment. Yes, a billion times <laughs> to that answer. Yes, I believe. And it's been said a billion times by many different people. But um, yeah, it's it, sometimes perhaps when you get close to that kind of stuff, then, then it starts becoming a bit, um, well, something you see is true. Yeah. Or I believe to be true, but that's my beliefs. And um, a question that I wanted to ask you earlier is beliefs and values. I know you mentioned in the book, are they somehow different? these two aspects of the mind um i guess f for me beliefs are what you think is true and in the book uh, there's certainly a page on there where, where i get people to count the number of f's f for foxtrot in a sentence and 95 percent of the people can't do that simple task um and um if they were alone in the room by themselves they would get it wrong all day long but they would believe they were right so it's what they think is true beliefs are what you think is true values to me are the principles that you decide to run your life by um in my experience with, with working with people most people don't think you're born with these you kind of just either get given them by your family or, or you just get them through experience um with my beliefs like we all you know They can change. We all believe, well, depending on uh, kind of where you're from, but around Christmas time, quite a large proportion of the world uh, would believe in the, um, I'll, I'll walk very carefully here, but the fellow with the bag of presents around Christmas time. Um, so, but, you know, these things come and go, um, but quite often they get lodged in there. Um, but, you know, they're just beliefs, what you think are true. Um, I'd question them now and again, because sometimes they are nonsense, like how you open a banana, most people the wrong end. Um, so, you know, we just interpret the world in such a different way that sometimes our beliefs can, you know, have you ever had the experience where you've been so right about something, so unbelievably right about something, and then you realize you're wrong? That's that's when your beliefs suddenly shift. Um, but trying to convince somebody else they are so wrong about something, even though they think they're right, getting them to shift their beliefs can be quite tricky. So sometimes they do get lodged. So it's just what people think of is true. Your your values, I think, are the principles that you decide to, to guide your life. 
I always struggle with what mine were. Some people I know are very clear on their values. Mine, I just thought, I'm sure that they're somewhere. So I decided to write them down. And I have a reminder that pops up on my phone every day just to remind me about the principles that will guide my life today. Because I'm quite forgetful. And sometimes I forget to do some basic stuff in life, which keeps me um, okay on planet Earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sound like an alien then. Okay on planet Earth. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's to me, it's commonplace. I'm very common to say that. The, the, yeah, like here in the human body, it's a, it's a very interesting experience. Uh, and everything's possible, really. So you say that you write actually those values. I love that practice too. So give me some examples, Kevin, of what that values would be. Okay. Um, I'll dig it out, actually. Yeah. I've got it on my phone, which pops uh, uh, right. a memory, okay. but let me just, uh, he says I'll find it. <clears throat> Can I find the book? Okay, so um, this, is, this, is, this is stuff in the book, but it's, um, I keep adding to it because I like a bit of flexibility. Um, so make a difference. That used to be make a, um, a positive difference to everyone, but I realized that was beyond my control. So just make it, so once a day, make a difference. Uh, apologies for the language on this one, but shit happens. Um, pe people are interesting. Every day is a gift. Things happen for a reason. Be present. Be present. Sorry, notice the world around you. Observe coincidences. Eat well. Meditate and visualize daily. Do some exercise. Is my lake okay? My lake is referenced to something called the lake of resilience. So I just check those every day. Um, a reminder pops up on my phone, which I can't find at home, but it is on there. Um, and um, yeah, just that's what I decide to, I guess, the principles to guide me for the day. Wow, that is, a, you know, it's one of the most powerful practices I can think of. Knowing, just be in touch with what matters the most to us and um, guiding our moments through those principles. And gratitude, that's a big one. That's, it might be one of the most um, spiritual practices, although a lot of people don't call it spiritual. But it really sounds to me being grateful to be alive, to be here. Absolutely. And actually, spookily enough, the, the app I was talking about just popped up with my list of, um, which is, has a few more on there, but that's fine. It, it's, it's most of the ones I've just covered. And so you wrote the book, um, Which Way Do You Eat Your Banana? A Guide to Motivation, Happiness, Success and Resilience. The title of the book, what was the inspiration for that, Kevin? I know you told the story I read in the book too, but how did you get inspired about that title and writing the book? What was the inspiration? Um, the book, um, I run, um, I coach people. I run leadership and management programs. Part of the program I run, I run a session on coaching. And when I run a session on coaching, um, I coach all the delegates in one go. So I, so if they're in a room, I'll just have a go at coaching them all in one go. It sounds a bit odd, but it does work. It's just a way of demonstrating questioning. And then once they've seen that happen, uh, they get they then have a go at coaching me as a group of people. And quite often I do things after the coaching session. So I started podcasts years ago. I've done a half marathon. I've done a triathlon. I cycle 100 miles. And I started writing books based on one of those coaching sessions. Um, so that's where it came. The reason... It, what, they're guides, um, so they're just everything I know about a subject, um, but in a in a short read. So they shouldn't take more than, more than an hour to read. 
Um, the reason I chose that is just many years ago, I used to advise doctors on investments and we used to have a, a guide for their, um, their state pension scheme called an armchair guide to the National Health Service pension scheme in the UK. And it, it was a very popular book and it always inspired me that kind of if I was going to write something, it would be along those lines. So these are just guides. So um, just really quick in and out, everything I know about a subject. Um, so the first one was a guide to motivation, happiness, success, and resilience. The reason why I chose that one first is that's where it all started for me. It's just understanding my head, how it worked a bit. Because uh, when I started off in the early years, my life wasn't quite where it's perhaps we <laughs> uh, should have been. I was living kind of homeless in a in a squat in a house and um, things had gone a bit wrong. So um, I started uh, reading a book called The Magic of Thinking Big by Dr. Swartz and uh, decided to restart life and give it another go, I suppose. And so I started um, um, just learning everything I knew about the head. And then I got a job and I started getting promoted quite quickly because I knew some things about this. And my team started doing very well. Um, so when I left corporate world to go and train and coach people, um, if I was going to write a book, it would be starting on that. So I started with that one, a, um, a guide to motivation, happiness, success, and resilience. And uh, I've done five in total so far. I've got another two to write to complete the set. And I'm Sorry, glad. what was your question, Valeria? Sorry, <laughs> again, yeah. I rambled and went off. And I like yeah. that <laughs> when you forget. The... <laughs> Great, yeah, the flow—that's what matters. And I love your work, though. I love the purpose. We can call it purpose, awareness, whatever it is. It's just beautiful. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we're almost at the end. You talk about uh, some things that I believe in with all. We, I call it belief system, which is not really. To me, it's just natural, rises naturally. Uh, you have under resilience, chapter nine. You have the five ways. You say, make sure you have the five ways embedded. Your iceberg should stay in awesome shape. And then you have all these five ways. Connect, learn, be active, notice, give back. A beautiful reminder for all of us. Um, do you want to talk for a moment about them? I would love for you to especially connect and give back and learn. I love those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how much time do we have? Uh, I would say five to five minutes. Five to six okay. minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so um, this, is, this has been something I've been talking about quite a, a lot in the last, especially the last couple of years, um, because of things like COVID and lockdown, but also just general stress in the workplace. Um, so um, this is around um, something called the lake of resilience, and it's a metaphor in terms of your resilience. So your your resilience is like a lake, uh, and you you float on top of your lake, um, which is great when you have strong resilience, and your your resilience is your bounce back ability. Um, when you have strong resilience, your lake is full. Uh, when your resilience begins to drain, your lake goes down. And your lake is topped up by positive things in your life and drained by negative things. So your lake's always going up and down. Does that make so, um, sense so far in terms of the metaphor? Um, you need a ratio of three to one to keep that lake up. So three positives counteract one negative. So it's called the Losada Index. Um, so if you think about a, a, well, I, I guess a positive experience of um, 
X level and a, a negative experience of the same level, but just negative, most people spend more time focusing on the negative than the positive. So we need three positives to counteract the effect of one negative. If you don't get that, your lake's going to start dropping. And I've had my lake very low twice in my life. Once was in 2007, and the other time was when I was living in that squat when I was a bit homeless many years ago. And it's a very uncomfortable place to be. This is where you are very brittle. So people can say things to you. And in the past, you might have just bounced back and went, I don't mind, I don't care. But these days, because you're so brittle in terms of your your lake being so low, you tend to um, either explode or withdraw, or it just affects you very, very deeply, whereas in the past, it wouldn't have done that. And there are five things that you can do to keep that lake topped up, regardless of what's going on. And in the book, I just cover um, the five things. And uh, the last, well, I was introduced to this back in 2007 when my lake was very low through some friends of mine, Liz and Mike Ziedler, who run something called Happy City in Bristol. And this is based on work by the National Health Service. So this is based on work by the New Economics Foundation in the UK and adopted by the National Health Service in the UK. And it's on their website, um, The Five Ways. Um, and if you just do these things, just keep an eye on them. Um, number one is to connect with people. So... Um, we need strong, close connections in our life. And quite often when people get very stressed, um, when their leg starts dropping, they quite often withdraw from their network. So if you find yourself withdrawing from your friends and your family, I suggest you, you need to get on the phone or get on Zoom and, 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 and get back with them. I appreciate it's a bit more difficult now with COVID and things like that, but there is always Zoom, but quite often we just disappear a bit. And when my leg was down in 2007, I literally didn't see a soul for a whole year. Um, so um, so we need our close connections, but also we need superficial connections. So so of a broad range of people so that um, it just it just adds to the vitality of our life, to our icebergs, to our experiences in life. So if you find yourself withdrawing, um, uh, stop withdrawing um, go and see some friends. That's what friends are for. They're there to help you when you're having a tough time. Uh, number two is to um, is to learn. Um, so, um, it's a big one for me is if I feel like I've stopped learning, even if it's got nothing to do, what I do, I just need to learn new stuff. Um, um, I think that, I think the research was there's an 87% increase in mental, um, well-being by people taking part in an adult education program, but it needn't be, um, kind of education stuff. It could be juggling. Juggling is really good for you. It's really good for stress. Um, it's, it's actually surprisingly, um, it doesn't take too long to juggle, but it's really good for you. If you've got kids, teach your kids how to juggle. It's good for the left brain, right brain connection. It's all about the it's all about the throw rather than the catch. Um, but it shouldn't. You should be able to nail juggling within an hour, or just something that stretches your just something that stretches your brain. Photography, whatever it is, or if it's going back to a passion you used to love doing, but you've stopped doing because you're so busy, go back to that passion. Because when you're passionate about something, you 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 continue to learn. Uh, number three is um, active. I know that you're you're um, you, you're very uh, um, strong in the activity stuff. So this is mind and body connection. Uh, quite often, if I'm working with people who are very stressed at work, um, if they normally have a, a fitness regime, if they're too busy at work, the first thing they drop because they think it's a luxury is their exercise regime. And then you can see a massive plunge in their lake, um, uh, which uh, has happened as soon as they stop the activity, but they don't feel the effects for a while. You catch up later on. So my advice usually is that no matter how busy you get, do not drop the activity. The mind and body are connected. It's, it's, it's still, waters, um, still waters get poisoned. So if you are too busy, um, don't treat your, your gym sessions as a luxury. It should be. 
I'd almost make it mandatory as part of your 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 household, and you know, fit it to whatever thing that works for you. So if it's just walking or gardening, any kind of um, uh, um, something that moves the body, um, something that works for you. Don't drop it when you get stressed. Um, uh, yeah, where were we? So was that number three? I think that was yeah, number, number three. three yes. <laughs> uh, no, number four is mm-hmm. to notice, be mindful, be present. Um, so I meditate every day. It's the one thing that's always saved my head for many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter how busy or stressed I've got, is just I always spend half an hour every morning just meditating, um, just calming the mind. Um, um, or and quite often some exercises do that as well. So if you do yoga or if you do swimming, quite often people talk about certain exercises kind of get them in the right state so you can combine some of these five things so you know kind of activity if you go jogging you might be able to jog with other people and so form more connections and it could be also form a meditation for you and the last one is to um to give back help people um so whatever you're going through uh, there's probably somebody who needs a bit more help than you so go and help someone it releases the same endorphins as chocolate uh, it's your six human needs so you know world famous people um they either go and um you know once once you have everything you either blow out or you help out. Um, so they either kind of um, get themselves in deep trouble um, or uh, they go and work for UNICEF. Um, and that's I, maybe that's back to one of your early questions is that once you have it all, you realize that doesn't really matter. Right. It's kind of what you can do for other people. Yes. So true. Keeping that in mind. I love your work. <laughs> I love your reminders. <laughs> yeah. You made me think here. Wow how how the mind yeah we needed to keep it in check in a way because is this magnificent as you call it space field energetic field whatever that is uh, but that it needs to be in check and that is so true we have to always i call them practices we have to have those practices and in, and if they are positive and profound then the much better and in my case i really love any ideas any practices that keeps us in touch with what matters in life the most and connection i'm glad you have as number one <laughs> number <laughs> five starts with connection yes yes so we are almost at the end i do have a few more questions for you but before i yeah. ask them would you like to add anything gavin does anything come to mind that you want to mention I, well it's just been a very enjoyable process and i and i thoroughly enjoyed speaking to you so um it's it's rare that i get asked questions because i spend most of my time because I coach a lot of people asking other people questions. So, yes. um, so now it's reversed right in a way. I'm asking you <laughs> questions. Uh, so I have these questions here. Let me see how many one. Let me ask you four more questions. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself in life as of today? Uh, gosh, um, okay. Um, one that I perhaps still haven't learned, but I know I'm learning it. Um, it's okay to mess up sometimes so it's okay so it's okay to um i'm probably my hardest critic on stuff when it doesn't quite go the way i wanted to go in terms of um delivering something i suppose so just is that so that's probably not better so what was the question again valeria so my apologies <laughs> yeah you answered the hardest lesson to learn about <laughs> yourself in life yeah try not to be perfect right it's perfectionism yeah for most yeah of so us. so there's a brilliant book called Black Box Thinking by Matthew Side. It's one of my favorite books around failure. Um, failure's all right. There we are. Failure's all right. Learn from it. That's the key. Learn something from it, kind of whatever it is. But, but it's, yeah. Um, and I wish I'd, um, if I could go back and ask my, could I speak to my younger self, it would probably be getting to meditation a bit earlier. 
calm the mind and it, it it gives you perspective that's that's the one perspective is a big thing for me as in you know um just step back a bit you know are you really being attacked by a predator because your mind goes that way it thinks you've been attacked by something and, and you're not it's just somebody else having a bad day it's fine just get perspective it's all right yeah. chill out for me meditation has given me the the pause the opportunity to pause to slow down it, that's so beneficial isn't it and that creates the space for perspective for thinking differently for sure Interesting that you said that about perfection, because my next uh, question for you, the ending questions was about, it is still about unconditional self-love. Do you believe that in such a practice or do you believe that this is realistic? One day that we will be able to say that, that I love myself unconditionally. And the question might be, do you love yourself unconditionally? Uh, oh, uh... You know, I've talked about icebergs, you know, your experiences and everything form kind of layers and you've got, you know, stuff in there from years back. Um, most of the time I think so, but sometimes you get the odd bad day where you go, really, am I am I any good at this or this? And so, so that sometimes creeps in and then you get a bit, you know, but the more I kind of, uh, I guess, get used to myself, I suppose, um, the more you go, yeah, it's fine, it's all right. Um, yeah, I'm okay. Um, so... I think most of the time, but I, I, you know, I, you know, I'm not the finished thing. I still got a bit of work to do. I believe we all, we all do. I certainly do. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think there's any reason why anybody shouldn't. Um, mm, right. I'm, I'm thinking of a famous. It's not a famous. A quote I love, but um, um, but I can't remember what it is. It's something about that you've been in your mind for so long that um, that that you, that you forget to realize how great you are because you've been in there so long. Whereas other people see you from a fresh perspective. But that's a that's a probably rubbish version of what the real line was, which was a really cool line, but I can't remember what it was. Anyway, but uh, yeah, so I'm 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 still working on it. I'm I'm a lot. I'm yeah. I'm not the completed finished article. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? You know what? No, I'm kind of um, I'm kind of ha I'm kind of happy the way it's gone so far. Um, I've taken some big risks in my life in terms of leaving corporate and to do what I do. Uh, I had a pretty good career and I thought, nah, I, I fancy something different. Um, life's got, life's got a different calling. Um, and there were times I was like, what the hell have you done? But I've, I've had such an unbelievable experiences being around the world from Kazakhstan, never been to Florida, but Tunisia, Tobago, Hong Kong, lots of different weird and wonderful places. And I've met some amazing people and I would never have done that. Um, so, and my, I've got great kids great wife mad dog um yes no i wouldn't I, no i wouldn't change it no no I not, love that not now but but i kind of think kind of where i am now is a product of where i've been so it's kind of like a, you know kind of with all the you know without the flaws and all the mistakes and the ups and downs that that, that i wouldn't be here i suppose yeah this moment's created from those experiences we have learned and the lessons we have learned for sure It's kind of like the Steve Jobs line. It only makes sense when you look back to join up the dots or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah I It agree. makes sense now. <laughs> right, right. I love that answer. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Wow. Um, guys, reading stuff by Deepak Chopra where you said you can't prove life exists. So but I don't know why I went there with that. Um, three things I know about life for sure at the moment. 
is I'm fascinated to see how the world will evolve. Now, that's not even answer the question. I'm just thinking about this COVID thing that um, there are going to be some big changes, which I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen because um, hopefully it'll be for some good. Um, three, three things in life are sure. Um, death is definitely part of life. Um, I don't know, to be honest. I, I wish I could end on a really good way to answer that question, but I, three things I... I, I that's great. And not knowing, it's um, actually a very interesting starting and ending point <laughs> when it comes to life. <laughs> not knowing at all, <laughs> realizing that, that we don't know. That will come uh, in a way. But I think it seems to me like we do. In the end, I have um, interviewed a lot of people, grieving people who have lost children, their own children, and lost yeah close people. And they say that it's all about love. In the end, it, we go back to love. It's all about them. Hey, it's what the Beatles said, isn't it? That might be the truth. I really trust that. So before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects, Gavin? Well, if you um, just Google Gavin Aubrey, A-U-B-R-E-Y, um, I'll be somewhere on Google. I'm, I'm, there, I'm there quite a lot. There's lots of YouTube videos of me um, doing some things. Um, if you go on Amazon, my name again, or if you go on www.gavinalbury.co.uk, um, that's my website where you can find out um, about my books, what I do, whether it's books or whether it's coaching or training. Um, yeah, or drop me a line. Um, I think my emails are in the back of my books. I'm, I'm more than happy to speak or contact or you know, kind of with anyone who connects with me. Yes. I'm fascinated by spending time with people. Thank you so much, Kevin, for your authentic presence, your loving work, the intention, the beautiful intention behind your work, your purpose here. Thank you so much again. Oh, thank you for your um, amazing questions. Um, yes, gosh, uh, they, they made me think big time. <laughs> thank you for the encouragement. <laughs> I yeah, love this. <laughs> Bye for now, Kevin. Bye. Soon. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Gavin Aubrey and his work, please visit gavinaubrey.co.uk. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.